I'm Lebo Changela, and this is the 15th edition of the series Frontline Workers, where we talk to courageous essential workers who daily risk their lives to provide important services to the general public. It's 116 days since the South African government instituted the national lockdown on March 27, and the country is still on level 3. The telecommunication industry was declared as an essential service during lockdown. According to the telecommunications industry and the market for mobile devices in South Africa 2019 report, the telecommunications sector grew by over 14% and was worth 187 billion rand in 2018. According to Stats SA, over 58,000 people are employed in the telecommunications industry. Coming up in this edition of Frontline Workers, Look, I think more than anything, we, we think with our stomachs more than with our minds, you know. No one wants to starve. No one wants to go hungry. No one wants to go to bed without eating. No one wants to see their loved ones struggle. I'm telling you now, life changed to me using sunlight as my toothpaste, you know. That's how hectic it got for me. I am scared on a daily basis, every second of my life, I am scared because I'm leaving sick people at home. So when I get home, I do not even go into the main house anymore. I just go to my back room and I just stay there. A senior manager of a mobile communications company who has chosen to remain anonymous tells me what she goes through as a frontline worker. Her job involves training floor salespeople and ensuring there is sufficient stock at the different stores. Anonymous describes how lockdown has impacted her life. So from from level five, we were actually cut off from work. From the 22nd of March, we were actually told to stay home. And we were home and we were getting the relief from the government as UIF paid to us. We were getting 38% of our salaries, which was next to nothing. We were cut off from communicating to stores, communicating to anything that's related to work. So we were basically home. And we were home from uh, from the 22nd of March until end of um, June. And then when we got into July, first week of July, we were told that um, they were working on a plan to actually um, take us back to work slowly but surely. So the guys that are not back at work, which is over 100 people, for July, unfortunately, they're not even going to get the relief from the government because it's exhausted as per our company. So they have to apply for UIF on their own discretions. So it's that um, they don't even know or have any assurance when will they get it because now this one is not ran through our company. So they have to do it independently until they are told that they can proceed to come back to work. Government has strengthened the regulations on the wearing of masks meaning that employers, shop owners, managers and owners of any public building are now legally obliged to ensure that anyone entering their premises must be wearing a mask. Anonymous tells us what personal protective equipment they were issued at work. We really got face masks, we got the shields, the face shields, we got no gloves though, we got sanitizers, you know. There is measures that are put in place. However, I won't say um, it is 100% accurate because we are still getting infections in these stores, even though we're having all these 
PPEs and all these things um, put into stores, like these stands that when you get into the store, you don't need to wait for someone to actually sanitize you or whatever, help you sanitize. There's these machines that you can simply um, um, use yourself, you know. So um, it's like a pedal. So where you just press on that pedal and then you can actually use the sanitizer yourself. They have that by the door and then someone will come approach you with the sanitizer and stuff. And then on their tables, they also have a plastic divider between a customer and a consultant. So the customer, so the consultant will be having a mask on and that uh, shield mask. And then the customer will have their uh, mask on, obviously. So those are the measures that are in store. Uh, however, um, the issue is that in these other stores, we still have cell phones um, that are on display, like live demo units that are on display that customers are interacting with. So you can just imagine how many customers touch those devices. So I think if they can improve with the fact that they need to have a cleaning lady on standby all the time so that they clean these devices every time after a client has interacted with the device. I think that's where the shortfall is. We, in some stores, they've removed the devices complete from display. They don't want them. The customers are using the booklets to see what deals are in store. In other stores, they are forced to have the devices on because maybe they're trying to push their sell out. So in such stores, you find customers interacting with one device and many of them you see. So I think stores um, what they need to do is make sure that there's always someone there or maybe there is um, wet wipes by every device where each customer before using the device they can wipe or have a note that says wipe me first by the device or call out that says wipe me first and then the customer can actually wipe the device screen off before they can interact with the device. Every consultant they have uh, sanitizing sprays next to them so They'll be um, sanitizing when they are obviously um, inputting their details on a PC before they can start with a consult with the client. And then, so before when a client sits down, they both sanitize and then the, 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 the customer will be telling what their grievance is or why they install, what services do they need to be rendered to them. And then the consultant will do the same thing. They will sanitize and then they will wipe their PC and then after that, then they will proceed with whatever that needs to be done. Same thing with pens. Pens, before the customer is given a pen, it has to be wiped before it can be given um, to a, a, a customer. In addition to wearing of masks, other conditions for retail shops are ensuring that customers keep a distance of at least two square meters from each other and that they reduce the number of employees at the workplace. So they work shifts, ne? this is what's nice. So they've divided the day into two. So there'll be ones that will be starting from nine and knock off maybe at one. And there'll be another team that'll be starting at one or half past one and um, knocking off at five or six, depending on what time the mall closes. And now, so there won't be more than four people on duty. So it'll be manager and then maybe two or three consultants, depending on how big the store is. So there is safety measures when it comes to social distancing in stores because they also have these tapes that mark where each customer needs to stand and they do not allow more than three customers in store. They actually close their doors literally when there's three customers in store and then there'll be maybe two consultants and one manager at the back. They close their doors for customers not to come in. So they queue outside. Anonymous takes us through the refund and exchange policy in light of COVID-19. 
we have a OPF process. So if it's out of box failure, it's it's unfortunately the same process. So you will bring it back to the store. It will be taken in for assessment and then you will get a new one. So the the process is still the same. It hasn't changed. So you basically take the device back into the store. They will assess it, but they have to obviously make sure that whilst they're opening the box and everything, they are sanitizing everything. You as a client, you'll take out the phone, sanitize it, you know, wipe it, take out your earphones, wipe them out, wipe everything that's basically in the phone before you can give it to a consultant. And then they will start the process and then they will book your phone in. As COVID-19 cases continue to increase in South Africa, with Gauteng being the epicenter, Anonymous says there are currently cases at one of the stores she works at. Right now I'm home because yesterday one of the stores that I called on on Tuesday was closed down because they had two positive cases. So I was told not to come through. I need to get myself tested and then I'll, I'll proceed to go back to work after I send them my results. Yeah, if there's a positive case, the store will close with the immediate effect. They will literally shut the store down. And this does not affect them in any way because they can still work from home and make sales from home. So they can still um, use their upgrade sheets and their contra new contract line sheets to be contacting their customers and trying to get their customers on board via um, telephone. So it doesn't really affect their pockets. Besides, it affects their their commission because the sales have dropped drastically and it's not easy selling a device over the phone than when you are interacting with a customer face to face and being able to make the customer have touch and feel of the device. So when the store has a positive case, the store closes immediately and then all the staff will be required to get tested. According to the National Income Dynamics Study and Coronavirus Rapid Mobile Survey, 3 million people in South Africa lost their jobs between February and April as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Anonymous feels that could be her fate. Hey, it's been so difficult. Hey, but I'm not going to lie to you because um, if I can calculate numbers to you, from having a salary of 17,000 after deductions, I was getting 5,300 during this COVID. So I, I had a relief for the car, but I was still able, to, I was still forced or obliged to pay for insurance. I still had to make sure that I feed my family from that 5,000 rent. I'm a breadwinner of eight people in the house and two of them are chronic, have chronic illnesses. So it's been so hectic. I have a five-year-old boy. So it's been really hectic whereas everything just had to change you know the petrol cart was uh, deactivated from work so i needed to use money to pour petrol so i started using taxis when i had to get around and stuff and the guys that are around me also i can just imagine how hectic it's been for them because most of them before the COVID hit they bought cars they bought houses you know so it's been such a hectic roller coaster for us a lot of people are resigning uh, without getting any employment anywhere, you know, because people are just depressed, people are frustrated, people are just not in a good space. And when we're talking about security, to be quite honest with you, I don't think my job is secured because if I'm not in field, I cannot make money. If I cannot make money, the company cannot be able to pay for my salary. So it's been hectic, hectic, hectic. 
taxis undertaking local trips are now permitted to increase their capacity to 100%, while long-distance taxis will not be allowed to exceed 70% occupancy on condition that new risk mitigation protocols related to mask, vehicle sanitizing and open windows are followed. Anonymous says she doesn't feel safe. You're unfortunately, um, it's 100% right now. Um, they they um, 100% loading basically, so all seats need to be filled. So we're dealing with that predicament, but everyone in the taxi will be wearing a mask, you know, but there's no sanitizing. You sanitize in your own discretion. There's no taxi sanitizer. No, you sanitize in your own discretion but you you will have a mask on and there'll be a load full of you guys and from paying taxi 12 rands to town we are now paying 19 rands you know it was 16 rands in june now july it's 19 rands to go to town so we that's what we're dealing with with public transport you can never come there and want to tell them what is it that winner you want or what the government said. As with other essential workers, the journey to and from work and her constant exposure to others is of concern to Anonymous and her loved ones. Look, I think more than anything, we, we think with our stomachs more than with our minds, you know. No one wants to starve. No one wants to go hungry. No one wants to go to bed without eating. No one wants to see their loved one struggle. So I live with a constant fear. I'm always in fear. I'm always scared. But I I strive on. I strive on and I just keep on and make sure that I always have my sanitizer with me, my mask with me. I always have my face shield with me. I always make sure that I'm fully equipped, you know. But there is no not a day that I wake up and I'm not frustrated or scared. I'm scared on a daily basis. Every second of my life, I am scared because I'm leaving sick people at home. So when I get home, I do not even go into the main house anymore. I just go to my back room and I just stay there. Even my son is not here. I took him to my aunt's place in the vault because at least he'll be safer there. So literally, I am not in contact with them. When I get home, before I can even get into the house, I change my clothes in the car and then I take them out and then I put them in the washing machine for them to be washed. On a daily basis, I do that because I wear uniform to work. So every day I wash my T-shirts, every day I I make sure that whatever that I'm wearing, I do not get into the house with it. I leave it outside. So it's been such a stressful journey because you come back, you're exhausted and you still need to go through that. And then after that, I'll make water with red onion and ginger and I'll just steam. I'll just put my head inside whatever container and then I'll just close myself off with a blanket. Unless getting essentials or going to work, I don't go anywhere else. For the next edition of Frontline Workers, you can visit sabcnews.com or at SABC News on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. For SABC Digital News, I'm Lebo Changela.